it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I want to make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. I can't believe we are already at the end of March, guys. We're in spring. It's the end of the first quarter of 2021. And it is our last episode in the month of March, International Women's Month. Before I get into the awesome guest that I have today, I just want to salute all the women from the stay-at-home moms to the beauty boss CEOs and everyone in between. I salute you, woman. You are phenomenal and you were created to do great things and you have a purpose and you need to live it out. Let's get into today's episode. I had a phenomenal interview with Brittany Ash. What I liked about this conversation that I had with Brittany is that she was really open to sharing her expertise on Instagram. I know that as well as myself, a lot of us struggle with Instagram. Instagram, they're always changing things. The algorithm, we just really can't get a hang of it, right? But Brittany really breaks it down and shows us how to properly use it for our beauty businesses. I'm really excited to share that with you. And I'm gonna get into Brittany's bio in one moment. But at first, I wanna share my quote. So I have a quote by Maya Angelou, and here it goes. We delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but rarely admit the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty. I've learned that whenever I decide something with an open heart, I usually make the right decision. You can only become truly accomplished at something you love. If you don't like something, change it. Maya Angelou. And I really believe that that is a phenomenal quote. I'm all about that, right? I'm all about really, truly making an impact doing what I love because I know that that is the way to go. So that is a powerful quote by Maya Angelou. And here is a little bit of Brittany's bio. Brittany is an Instagram marketing coach and trainer. She has also been a Mary Kay consultant for over 10 years and is a former sales director has built a customer base of over 800 customers and has earned the use of two company career cards. She now specializes in helping Mary Kay consultants discover how to work less and achieve more through digital strategies and social media marketing. Here goes my interview with Brittany. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Brittany Ash. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being on, Brittany. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. But before we get into your business and all the great things that you're doing, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. 
One thing that people, most people probably don't know about me is that I am a classically trained opera singer. I've actually toured all around the world um, and the United States as a opera singer. So I did that when I was in my 20s and uh, now I don't do that anymore. But yeah, but a lot of people don't know that, that I'm a classically trained soprano. Awesome. And you're a soprano too. I'm a soprano as well. <laughs> and my daughter uh, was in opera. She did like the Hansel and Gretel play and um, wow. it was phenomenal. Yeah. At the opera house here in Detroit. So yeah. That's that awesome. awesome. That's awesome. And I never thought I would actually like opera, but when my daughter, they had a program for kids. Yeah. And when she was in the, the kids program, I just fell in love with opera. So that's awesome. I love music either way it goes. That's awesome. I love that they are um, teaching the kids opera, that they are spreading it with the youth because it is kind of a dying art form. And so we're trying to regenerate it with the younger generation. So I love that, that they offer that program for your daughter. That's incredible. Yeah, it was an amazing program, too. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that is great. Thanks so much for sharing. Are you going to sing a note or we're going to couldn't afford me, Brandy. No. <laughs> oh, OK, OK, OK. Just kidding. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. Fun fact. I love music and I love that we're both sopranos. So you're my yes. soprano twin there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. So tell us about your business. Like, what exactly do you do? And, you know, tell us all about that. Well, gosh, I am a Instagram business coach and I primarily teach other beauty businesses how to market their business on Instagram. Um, Prior to that, actually, I was working my own uh, network marketing business in the beauty industry and I decided to take my business online back in 2018. At the time, I worked a type of business that really was not worked online. It was traditionally a party plan business. And so we were doing makeup and skincare parties and I was doing everything in person. And I decided in 2018 to take my business online when um, I was pregnant with my second child and we received the prenatal diagnosis that he had Down syndrome. And so I knew that I wanted to have more home in my home-based business. So I started to take my business online and I started learning how to do that. In the process, I fell madly in love with social media marketing and I decided that I wanted to start my own business as an Instagram business coach. And so um, I have been doing that uh, for the last year um, in my business and it's been really incredible. So that's what I I primarily do. I I primarily teach people who worked businesses like mine, um, who actually a lot of them are in the same company that I was in. And I teach them how to get leads on Instagram for their, whether it's virtual parties or in-person parties or that sort of thing. So Great. Now, you know, I, I think this is awesome that you coach people on, you know, how to get leads and how to use their business online, because I feel like a lot of beauty professionals, especially really struggle sometimes with Instagram. Instagram can be a battle. They're always changing things, the algorithm. It's just like so much going on. So like kind of share with us, like, what was the process um, when you got into utilizing the online platform for your business? What did you learn at that time that you saw that other people could benefit from it? Well, I started on Facebook, as most of us do. So I started marketing my business on Facebook. And what I found when I was on Facebook was that I really couldn't get out of my initial network of people. Everything that I posted was just going to my friends and not necessarily everybody who was on my friends list was interested in 
post about my business. So on Facebook, really the primary ways that you get to your outside network is by joining groups. And, um, and I call it group poaching. It's kind of (laughs) where you go in, you pretend like you care about being part of the group, but really you're there to meet the people in the group. Um, I know I, I did it. I'm ashamed to say that I did it, but um, I learned that that was not the best method. Or the other way is to friend request people who you don't know. Um, And so I was really frustrated on Facebook because I felt like the only way to get outside my network was to do kind of those slimy techniques that really just didn't feel right to me. So when I got introduced to Instagram, I was actually totally resistant to being on Instagram. My friend kept telling me, you need to be on Instagram. You need to be on Instagram. And I was really overwhelmed by learning a new platform. I felt like every time I went on there, I felt like I was showing up late to a party wearing the wrong outfit like because I was late on it. Everyone Mm -hmm. else had been on there forever. I think I had one post on my Instagram account when I signed up back in like 2012 and it was the same post for years and I never posted again. And so, um, so she really kind of convinced me to give it another try. And I said, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I need you to teach it to me. Can you teach me Instagram? So I called her up and she gave me a tour of the platform. And so I decided that I was going to, I was going to learn this thing. I was going to learn Instagram. And here's what I found, what I love about Instagram. I'm not hating on Facebook. I'm just saying it was difficult for me to grow outside of my network. And so that's why I was looking for other methods. So what I love about Instagram for business owners is number one, Instagram is designed to get to, for your posts to reach people outside of your network. Instagram wants you to grow your following. Instagram wants you to have more followers because influencers, right? And that's where Instagram makes their money. It's from the Instagram or the influencer advertising, right? So they want you to become an influencer. They want to grow your following. So what they do is they then show your post to people who are outside of your network. And then with hashtags and now with reels and IGTV and all of that, you're really able to have multiple places where you're reaching people who you don't already know. So I love that, number one, about the platform. The other one is when you're working with followers versus working friends, with friends, you can really curate your audience. So on, you might have people in your friends network who might not have be interested in seeing your posts about your business, like I was saying. But on Instagram, what you can do is through the content of your posts, the content of your videos, who you are showing your, up for yourself as your business online, you can curate your audience to be people who are interested in your business. And so I love that, that I didn't feel like I was playing to multiple audiences. I was only playing to an audience who wanted to see what I was showing, which was posts about my business. Great, great. Now, so how do you do that? Like, how do you position your business and curate it so that your, your ideal audience is, you know, seeing your content? Is there a certain strategy? Are you talking about like specific strategies to grow outside of your following? Or are you talking about the, how you position yourself on your account? Like what you are posting on your account to attract those people? Well, yeah, you were saying like for, you found it to be easier to attract your audience on, um, on Instagram. So I was just trying to see like, you know, what way, how was it easier? You know, how did you find that to be an easier solution for you versus Facebook? So I found it easier. 
it was easier and harder, Brandy. <laughs> so it was two different things. So it's easier in the way that the platform supports you when you are trying to get your content shown to other people. It was harder in that you really had to earn those followers. On Instagram, you have to earn that following. And the way you do that is through good content. And what I found that a lot of people, a big mistake I was making, and now what I teach my students in my program, what a lot of people are making on Instagram is they are positioning themselves as a seller of beauty products. And they are trying to just promote the brand of those beauty products. When instead, if you think about it, if someone is looking for that brand of products, they're not going to go to an individual rep's account. They're going to go to that brand's account. That is the brand account for that brand. So what I tr- what I learned was in order to earn those followers, I had to be, instead of presenting myself as a seller of beauty products, I had to pre- present myself as a beauty expert. And I had to give lots of value, lots of education, because what you really want to do, Brandy, is you want to show people what they're going to get when they work with you. And you've got to give them that inside sneak peek look, a taste of what it is to work with you. And if you're just posting sales posts all the time or posts about your products, they're going to think you're just going to sell to them all the time. But if you are posting how you work with a, with a client, what you teach them, how you educate them, how you take that time to build that one-on-one relationship and you take that time to build those relationships with your followers, they're going to see that and they're going to say, I want to work with her. I want to book a makeup appointment with her. I want to book in care party with her, whatever that is. But you got to ask yourself, who's going to book with you if they don't even know that you know your stuff? Who's going to, who's going to join your team? I mean, if you're in network marketing, who's going to join your team if they don't even know that you can help them be successful? All you've been doing is asking them to join your team or to buy your products. And who's going to follow that account? People don't go on Instagram saying, I wonder what people are going to sell to me today. People go on Instagram because they want to get entertained and they want value and they want education and they want to be engaged and they want to socialize with people. So you, so I found that, so yes, that is harder in the way that it's not as copy and paste. A lot of our companies, they give us these pictures to post and copy and paste posts. And yeah, that's really easy, but you're not going to grow a solid following that way. What you need to do is create your own personal brand and present yourself as your own beauty expert and have people coming to you for that beauty expertise or business expertise if you're looking to recruit people. So you need to show who you show yourself as the expert before you start asking for the sales. Awesome. I love that. And I think that this strategy can work for any, you know, whether you are behind the chair or, you know, or a makeup artist or you're selling beauty products or whatever you're doing. I talk to beauty professionals all the time about you don't want to just shove products down a person's throat. So you don't want to put a picture of your product every day. That's not really interesting me. But what might be interesting if you show me how to apply the product? If you educate me and maybe even have a little fun with it, show me, showing me your personality, I'm more attracted to that versus you just posting your products all day. So I think it's absolutely great. And a lot of people fail there. 
even like if they do hair, all you see is that they can do an awesome hairstyle. Yes. It's like 50,000. But who are you as the hairstylist? Because people buy from who they know, like and trust. Right. So who are you like show us like a little bit behind the scenes? Maybe you getting ready for work. Maybe you kind of engaging, showing us a little bit of your personality. So I love that. Um, so how long was it before? Like, when did you really discover that that was the way to go? And how long did it take you to really, you know, craft your marketing that way? Well, I think I'm still figuring it out. I mean, isn't it always a process mm-hmm. where we're always becoming better and we're always developing our own brand and our audience? But I would say, Brandy, I thought this would take me about three months to learn. It took me about 18 months before it really started working for me. And the one thing that I can say made all the difference was I found a niche, a very, very specific niche. And I was always unsuccessful because I never knew exactly who my audience was because I was trying to play to too many people. And when you try to do that, then you're, then you're giving broad strategies, right? You're trying to, uh, for example, when I, when I coach um, my students, um, I, I say, you know, pick, pick one demographic, one age group, right? Because we have anti-aging products and then we've got the fun makeup products. And I say to them, you know, uh, they're like, well, okay. So I think I'll pick the anti-aging skincare line and then I'm going to pick the makeup so that I get the younger people in tune. I'm like, no, no, no. Pick one or the other, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to please too many people. You want to curate that audience to be a very specific audience. You want to be the go-to person for that thing, for that people. And that was really what changed for me. When you asked, like, when when did it start to click? It was when I finally realized who my people were, when I finally realized who I wanted to specifically work with. And I I never... I stopped running out of content ideas. I had a plethora of content ideas because I knew exactly what those specific people needed. I, I was excited and I was passionate. And I, the way I kind of um, t- teach this to my, to my people is we do something where it's a, if it's a one-on-one makeup or one-on-one skincare demonstration, we call that a facial. I know we're not supposed to call it, but that's what it's called. It's called a facial. Okay. So, so imagine like you are in a one-on-one appointment with somebody and for hairstylists or nail techs, like when, when you are in a one-on-one appointment with every, with somebody, you know, exactly what they specifically want, you know, their specific style, you know, their lifestyle, you know, exactly their needs. So imagine if you had hundreds, maybe thousands of that same person. So you were able to com- clearly create things for them, create content for them, create products to sell for that specific person. Whereas, you know, if you are trying to play to too many audiences, you can't create a specific product. You can, you're, you're less specific there. So, so you know, when you're trying to do that, a group. imagine if a nail tech was trying to do 10 people's nails at the same time. And everybody wanted something different, right? One person wanted dipped. Another person wanted classy French nail. Another person wanted these, these uh, like special bejeweled nails, right? They would be so overwhelmed with trying to please everybody that they would be pleasing nobody. So Mm -hmm. what you got to think about who's the one per who's that one client and then go find hundreds and thousands of that one single client. 
because they're out there. Oh, oh, Brittany, I love it. I love it. I teach a training on, you know, how to find your ideal client. Who is she? And really, you know, tailoring your marketing and your message and everything so that you could serve this particular client. And like you said, in finding hundreds of people just like her, instead of trying to talk to everybody, because like you said, if you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. So I I love that you shared that. And even in just really having a niche, you know, just specializing in a particular area. Sometimes beauty professionals and people, we get scared of that because we think like, oh, well, you know, it's beauty. You can do a little bit of this. You can do hair. You can do makeup. Right. You can do everything, right? I don't want to leave no. anybody out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I, I always say, you know, follow your passion, like what you're most, most you know, what, you, what you're attracted to, what you're most passionate about, what you don't mind continuously talking about and creating content about. That's more what you're going to follow. Because it's going to be more genuine. You're going to feel like, you know, it's not going to be daunting if you're doing something just because you think other people want it or if you're really doing something that you're really passionate about. So I love that you shared that the niche and knowing who your ideal client is was really the game changer. Now, what are some like I know you have a training talking about like the mistakes, like the eight mistakes that you find that people are making on Instagram. So to like so share this, these mistakes with us and tell us like, you know, some ways that you've been helping um, your clients with this. And I, you can share all eight if you want to, or just a few, but let's kind of dive into that. Sure. I would love to. Well, mistake number one is not having a separate Instagram account just for your business. A lot of people like to mix in their business with their personal account, right? They, they show, they're showing their family life and they're showing pictures of what they ate for dinner and what they cooked. And then they sprinkle in their posts about their business, right? Well, you're really, you're really hindering yourself when you do that because one of the great things about Instagram is you can curate that audience. So if you're doing that on your personal account, you might have people on there who are following you for your personal life, but you also might have people on there who are following you for your beauty expertise. So you've so you're going to be confusing your audience. You're not going to ever build a solid audience because people aren't going to know what you're all about. So mistake number one is not having that separate account. When you have, and, and you can have a personal account that you show your family life, and but have an account that is strictly strictly your business expertise, where you want to attract that ideal clientele. Now, can you share your personal life in there? Sure, but every so often, People want to do business with people. So of course they want to know you. I think the best place to share your personal life is your stories. Stories. Yep. Yes. I was going to say that. So what I do is I'll like, maybe if it's my anniversary, right? So I'll share me and my husband in the stories. It's our anniversary today. Or sometimes I'll share funny situations with me and my husband. Like he's not really the camera person. So I'll go live. Like let's see if he's going (laughs) to agree with us today. And I'll do that in the stories. And then like a little stuff about my daughter in the stories. And every blue moon, if it's like a holiday or something, you might see a family picture. But for the most part, I keep it business. But I get a little personal in the stories because it it deletes in 24 hours, right? Right. And people want to see that. People want to see you. They want to know that you're a real person. They want to, people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. So they got to know you. I like, here's my analogy for it. Your Instagram feed should be a strategic 
business presentation. So think about this. When you are showing up, I did a lot of networking events. So I looked at this as like my BNI group. This was when I was presenting at a BNI group. I was I was being professional. I maybe had a slideshow or whatever. That is what your feed should be like. That is you presenting your business. Your stories would be like if you ran into a client when you were out at the grocery store with your kids right? Your hair's in a bun. They're seeing real life. They're seeing your kids crying for the Oreos on the shelf. You know, they're seeing who you are and that's great. They want to see that. So stories are great for that. Um, If I do post, and I recommend to people, if you do post anything personal in your feed, make sure you have a reason for it that relates to your audience. It should have some sort of life lesson that builds your brand with your audience. So that that's my advice. So that's mistake number one. It's just not because you, you're missing out on one of the great things about Instagram. You're not curating your audience because it's a mix of people who are following you for different reasons. So mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So, so let's get to number two. I can't wait. Number two. All right. Number two is having the wrong social media strategy for your goals. So. A lot of times, especially if you have a product that you sell, and you know what, everyone, every beauty business has a product that you that they sell. A lot of nail businesses, I mean, they're showing their work, their nail work. Hair businesses, you see all those posts. I mean, I swear, if I look on a feed, a lot of hairstylists, and it's like balage, 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 like right, all of those those work. And here's the thing. You've got to, and I work in, I work with network marketing people and network marketing beauty businesses. So they post a lot about their products that we're selling and about our company. And what happens when you do that is that is presenting yourself as a beauty brand. That is a beauty salesperson. And the people that you are going to attract with that are going to be the people who are already using the products. Think about that. Who's going to be interested in the post about the products that you're selling? And same thing with if you're a hairstylist and say a hairstylist or a nail tech, when you're doing those kinds of things and you are just showing your your hairstyles, you're not really going to be attracting new people to you because you're going to look just like everybody else. Right. So what so those are fine every so often. Just make sure it's not your entire feed. If you are looking for lead generation, if you are looking to attract new people to your account who you want as as lead generation, either for your business opportunity or for your products, then you've got to present yourself as that beauty expert. You've got to be giving tips. You've got to be giving education. You've got to have a thing that people are coming to you for. So, I mean, so that's applicable in so many businesses. And especially if you are a local salon, say, and I actually coach a few hairdressers. um, If you have a local salon, what, and you say maybe have a product line that you're promoting or you have a way that you monetize your Instagram with people who are not local to you. If you don't, by the way, you should. I hope COVID taught everybody that lesson that you've got to have a way to monetize yourself online. But start giving that education. Start giving those tips. Start presenting yourself as a hair expert not just because that's who I want to go to get my hair done. I want, I want an expert. I want mm-hmm. someone who knows what they're doing. I don't want to just see a lookbook of different hairstyles for ideas. I can go do that on Pinterest. I want to see what am I going to get when I work with you as my hairstylist? So you've got to kind of think of who's going to be interested in these posts. I love that. What I, t- what I do um, when I, when I'm speaking to my coaching clients, 
I always tell them like, it's great to, to share that. Of course, you got to share your work, but have it with a mix, you know, educate, entertainment, show them, you know, who you are as a stylist or who you are as, you know, a beauty brand owner, whatever it is that you're presenting. And, and so I love that you share that, like, don't just sit up there and put, oh, pictures that work all day. We want to see the person behind it. We want to know that you're an expert, that you specialize in this. You know, get creative. Put your own personality in it. Mm. I think a lot of times people are just like, oh, well, I'll just post my work. I'll just post my work. But it's more to it than that. You know, you need to put a little bit more thought into it than just posting your work up. Actually, you know, showing people, you know, maybe a little bit behind the scenes of you working, how you care for your clients, how you take care of your clients. You know, maybe um, you can show off your personality. You can entertain. Mm -hmm. You know, with beauty, like maybe it's something funny that's trending in the beauty industry. You can kind of do your own spin on it or make a joke about it or whatever, if that's in your personality. But I think sometimes I find that beauty professionals, they lack personality with their social media pages. It's like you said, it's just stuff that you can see on Pinterest. So I love that you shared that. And I am ready for number three. Hey, it's Brandi Taylor, the business coach for beauty professionals. I help beauty pros amplify their business and take more action. I am super excited to share the Beauty Pro Mastermind with you, a group for serious beauty pros who want to find ways to continue to thrive in their business, a safe place for support, accountability, and education. This group is for beauty professionals who are ready for change in their business, understanding that commitment is required to achieve your goals. You know you need to make a move, but you're unclear and need an extra push. My mission is to empower beauty professionals and equip them to achieve their goals, bringing beauty and business together through support, education, and business resources. Register today for the Beauty Pro Mastermind at IamBrandyTaylor.com and just click on Beauty Pro Mastermind. I will also include the details in the show notes. Okay, number three um, is, and we kind of talked about this, but number three is treating Instagram like Facebook. Um, okay. So they are, and I won't go too in depth here, but I'm just going to give you the overview. Number one, there are, there are two different, they're completely different platforms. There's a different culture to each platform. There's a different algorithm to each platform. There's a different image size on each platform. So if you're posting your Facebook post and you're like, I'll just post that on Instagram, it is not going to play as well. Um, as, as it should be, because there is that, there is that culture to, to being on Instagram. For example, for example, Facebook is a lot about shared content. If you notice Facebook is shared content and next time you scroll your feed, look how many posts are, uh, shared videos, shared websites, shared articles, shared memories, It's a lot of sharing of other people's stuff or of your old stuff. Whereas Instagram is all about original content. So if you're sharing other people's stuff on Instagram, um, you're really kind of going against the Instagram culture. Um, And people want to know what you are about. Um, The other thing is, is is Facebook is very discussion based. It's all about the discussion. And Um, So if you notice on a Facebook post, you get the whole typed out thing, however long it is, and then you'll get a video or a photo at the at the bottom. Well, Instagram is image first. And um, at the bottom of Instagram, we have what 
our captions. Those are the words, but we only get a preview of that caption when we are, when we are scrolling our feed. So when people are scrolling and they're scrolling by their feed so, so fast, you've got to put more thought to the images that you are putting on Instagram because you've got to be able to stop that scroll. And because a lot of times people won't even read your words and they're only going to read your words if the image is good enough to get them to look. I love it. I love it. And I tell you this, sometimes <laughs> people will post an autobiography oh. under a picture on Instagram. And I'm not reading that, you know, like, like, like what is that? <laughs> My favorite are the cutoff pictures. Like, you know, nobody can see what you wrote there because like you put your Facebook post in a square Instagram post and that is cut off. It was mm -hmm. beautiful. I'm sure it was, but nobody could see that. But yeah, I've been seeing that a lot. I've been seeing that a lot, the cut off pictures as well. So, yeah, I can see that. So they are really different. And I didn't really think about it like that um, until you said until you said it like that. Facebook is more sharing. And I guess that is true. And then you really just want to make sure you have a captivating video or image mm -hmm. on Instagram. And I think sometimes people forget that too as well. Absolutely. So one rule of thumb that I tell people is sh don't post your Facebook to your Instagram, go the other way around, post your, create for Instagram, then post it to your Facebook. Most of your Facebook posts that you, that people that are appropriate to the Facebook culture really belong in Instagram stories, not the Instagram feed. So love it. I love it. So what's next? What's number four? Ah, number four is not having a gatekeeper. Now this is really applicable to the direct sales industry. So I won't spend a whole lot of time here, but when we are online, um, it, it's really okay. When we were an in-person business, which we still are, but in person, it's very easy to ask someone if they're working with another representative from your company, right? You you don't book a, an appointment with anyone. You don't sell them anything because we're all working with individual people. We're online. That's not as easy to do. So what I recommend to people that they do, and uh, I, I this would apply to some to other beauty industry or beauty businesses as well, is to have that gatekeeper, not send people to be able to purchase from you until you have had a conversation with them first or some sort of automated form that finds out if they're working with somebody else. So I call it a gatekeeper and it could be anything from a question on your, to your, say you've got a Facebook group for your customers. Are you working with another representative from our company um, or having a Google form that people fill out to request more information from you? But my favorite is on your post is instead of posting links in your post, which by the way, you should never, ever post a link in any post. The algorithm hates them and your reach will go way down both on Instagram and Facebook. Don't ever put a link in a post. Really? So don't ever do that. You'll see, you'll, next time you do it, you'll notice because Instagram and Facebook want to keep you on the platform. So when you're posting a link, a direct link to something, it's taking people off the platform, especially YouTube, who is their competitor. So don't post links in your post. Instead, you can say, message me for more information or comment below, tell me more, or click the link in my bio to request more information about working with me. 
And then, but what I love about that is you're also guiding the process. You're guiding that selling process, that booking process, whatever it is that you're doing versus just giving people a website to have to find their way around on. I love that. I love love that. Yeah, I I didn't, you know, um, I typically don't use links all the time. I'll say the link in the bio, especially on Instagram. But I didn't know that, you know, that you might not get as many views or people may not see your posts if you're using links. So that's a, you know, great information for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And then I, I, and and then I love that, you know, you shared as well that you should definitely have a way to find out. Um, you know, if they're working with somebody, if it's a good fit or whatever before, and I think you should do that anyway, before you try to say, I can do your hair or I have some great products for you. Let me give you my link, you know, kind of make sure, you know, that that's something that is even a good fit if they're even interested in that or any of those things. So yeah, I think that is great. So I like the gatekeeper idea. You want to build value in your feed, but sell in the DMs. I love it. That's a tweetable. Yes, build value in the feed. I'm not on Twitter. I should be on Twitter. I can't. F- <laughs> One thing at a time here, Brandy. Okay, I've just right. answered Instagram. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Build, say it again, build value in the feed. Yes, build value in the feed, sell in the DMs. I love it, love it. That's awesome. So what's number five, Brittany? Number five is your Instagram grid looks like a catalog. <laughs> oh. So on Instagram, here's where, um, here's where it differs a little bit on Facebook. Okay. On Facebook, when you are, when you go Facebook stalk somebody, okay. When you go to someone's profile, you get, you can scroll through the, their past post. Um, and they're seen as individual posts. So it's seen as through a scroll. When you go to somebody's profile on Instagram, you see all of their posts in a grid fitting together. So, um, and yes, people will look at your profile and in three seconds, you have three seconds to have a great profile that attracts the right people to you. And if they look at your grid and it's not looking like it's something that they want to follow, then they're not going to follow you. So if your grid is only the products you sell, is only your work that you've done, is only, is only, you know, hairstyles or again, products, It's just going to look like that catalog to them and they're not going to see any value there. Um, And and this is this would be the equivalent of just handing out your business card or handing out catalogs. You want to buy from me? You want to buy from me? You want to buy from me? You buy from me? Instead, what you should do is instead of selling and and this specifically is for people selling products, but instead of promoting every single product all the time to everybody on your feed, What you need to have is one specific product that you're going to direct them to a power product or a power set of products or a power service that you offer. Instead of showing them everything that you do, you want to have a very specific process called a sales funnel that you're going to take them from your Instagram and direct them through that sales process versus trying to sell everything on your Instagram feed. Okay. So I've heard about like the top nine, right? Like, you know, like your top nine has to look a certain way. So instead of, even if we're talking about products, you know, like instead of like having nine product, nine different products, can you give us some examples of how you can lay it out? So, okay. Well, one thing that is fantastic about Instagram is reels. 
right? So you could be having videos in your grid that people are able to see. You have a cover photo that uh, capture the, the hook or the title on that cover photo captures their attention. They're going to click and they're going to watch that video. Um, you should have a feed that looks somewhat um, consistent, right? When you're with your colors and your fonts. Gone are the days where you have to have that checkerboard feed. That's not so important anymore. People want to see that. But you've got to be able to give some sort of snapshot of what they're going to get from following you. And especially in the beauty industry, it's got to look good. I'm sorry. I'm not letting someone do my hair whose feed looks messy and sloppy because I'm going to be thinking... How are they going to do my hair if their feet is messy and sloppy? So um, so it's got to look good, but it also has to really give that snapshot. So that's where that expertise comes into play. That's where you should be giving that value. And actually on mistake number seven is where I will tell exactly how to give that value in your feed. But things like, um, you know, going through Canva and looking there and creating graphics that use the same colors and fonts that are about you branding yourself, who you are. Um, so that way, when they look at your catalog or look at your catalog, when they look at your grid, not your catalog, they see you. That's the point. You want them to see you, not your products, you, not your work, what you do for them, the value you are going to give to them on your feed. I love it. They want to see you. And I, I'm, I'm glad you shared that because I see it so much where you don't see them. You see, like you said, a catalog mm-hmm. of hair, a catalog of products, but just getting creative, sharing different things in the reels. And like you said, it goes back to like your education piece. So maybe if you're showing a quick tip on how to do this eyeliner, then you could do that in the reel. And or if you're showing, you know, a new a new lipstick color, you could maybe do that on a video, but just getting creative, but showing your personality, educating, sharing and, and, and just doing something outside of the catalog. And then I do agree. Canva is bae. So, yes, if you okay. are on Canva, you better be you better get on it because yes. it's, I'm telling you, it's, just, it's, it's life saving. I don't know um, how Photoshop is staying in business, maybe for the professionals and the experts. But for everyday people who are Photoshop savvy, Canva is it. (laughs) Canva is my jam. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Are you ready for number six? I am ready. Okay. Number six is posting unoriginal content. Is posting other people's posts. We do this a lot when we see like a quote we love or we see um, a funny meme. Memes are great, but if your whole feed is full of other people's posts, That's a problem because number one, the algorithm doesn't like it. Number two, if you don't credit the person who created that post originally, um, it's basically copyright infringement. You're stealing other people's content, but not, but number three, people want to know who you are. They want to know what you represent. I mean, so that, um, so one way that you can get around that and just to talk about Canva again is if you do love images, if you do love a quote, go recreate it on Canva or any whatever you use and use your own fonts, use your own colors and keep them the same fonts and colors on all of your posts and use that to create your own original content so that it's you. People want to see what they're going to get when they follow you. They don't want to see... Um, 
you know, they don't want to see other people's before and afters. They don't want to see other people's beautiful quotes that they created. They don't want to see other people's flat lays of pictures that you, that have everybody else has shared. And again, I know this is a a big thing with products, but, but it also goes with those graphics, those graphics that we create that have those words on them. So um, posting on original content is a big no, no on Instagram. And that's interesting. I, you know, I've done it before, but not consistently. But oftentimes, like if I just want to share a quote, like maybe it's a famous, you know, person who said it. I like you said, I will go in Canva and I'll, you know, credit who said it, but right. it's in my, you know, style. So yes. it's my colors, it's my branding, and it's on my page. And if you share it, you shared it from my page because it has my Instagram handle on it. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. When I first went on Instagram, I was like, why does everyone put their handle in their pictures? That's why. Yeah. Because they want credit if you're sharing their stuff. So absolutely. Yep. I love it. I love it. So let's get to number seven. That's my favorite number. All right. Number seven. This one's huge. And this one applies to everybody. You're pitching way too much. You are asking, you're you're always asking for the sale, always asking for the booking, all of that stuff. We're always asking. Um, And that's pitching. So whatever you're pitching, that is when you are asking your audience. So I recommend that people follow that 80-20 rule. 80% of your posts should be straight giving value to your audience. And, um, and the way that you do that, I say the four E's, I teach people the four E's is to educate and sorry, educate, engage, entertain, and encourage all your value posts. 80% of your posts should be doing that. And the call to action or the CTA on all of those posts should be something that is soft comment, like share with a friend, share to your stories, tag a friend below. Those are all soft call to actions. And yes, all your posts should have a call to action. If you're not getting engagement and you don't have call to actions, that's why, because you haven't asked people to engage, but you need to, so 80% should just be soft. 20% of your posts can be promo posts. If you're posting every day, I try to keep it at about once a week. A promo post is still going to be a value post, only you're going to have a firmer call to action. DM me for more info or click the link in my bio. Those are harder call to action um, that you would put on a promo post. Um, But I feel like we so often are like every single post, DM me for more info. Here's my link to book with me. Click the link in my bio. And that really can get exhausting to your audience. Um, So you want to be giving, giving, giving. So 80% of your posts should be giving that value. Those four E's, educate, engage, entertain, encourage. Oh, I love that. That's now that's good right there, Brittany. 80%. And I didn't really, you know, think about it like that. I know it was great to have a good mix, but I like that you put a number on it. Like 80% of it should be doing those things. And then 20% is where you're selling. Cause sometimes people sell too much, like you said. And then that could look like sleep, like the sleazy saleswoman, right? <laughs> or the sleazy right. salesman. And nobody wants to be that. So I love that. But another thing too, before we get to number eight is how often should you be posting? Because I see where, you know, some people say you should post three times a day and all of these things, but how often would you recommend someone to post on Instagram? It depends on the person. Okay. So obviously the more often you post, the faster you will grow. 
Okay, someone who's posting three times a day is going to grow way faster than someone who's posting once a week. Here's what matters. Consistency. Consistency and your time. Okay, so stick to when you can be consistent and how often you can be consistent. If you right now are having a hard time posting consistently, like you're doing maybe every couple weeks and then you'll do a week where you're posting a lot, start with one day a week, once a week, but make sure it's the same time once a week. So if you can only commit to that, commit to one time a week and do it without fail. Um, I, I feel like once a day is a great start. It gives you a really, you'll have steady growth with once a day. Um, But again, if you aren't even doing once a week, start with once a week. So only do once a day if you can commit to that. Um, Maximum three times a day. And you want to make sure you have at least six hours between each post to allow the algorithm to work and to give your um, your post a chance to be shown on there. Um, post, and I don't know if this is 100% true on Instagram. I do know it's true on Facebook. But when you post more than one post, your second post gets 60% less views than your first post. So that's why you need to wait about six to eight hours before doing another post. Basically, the algorithm says you already got your chance. We're going to let other people go. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why. um, So you you want to be careful with that. So the thing that is most important is what can you do? What can you commit to every single week or every single day without fail? Now, you start adding reels in the mix, which reels are the hottest thing on Instagram. For me, a reel gets me three times the reach and the engagement that a post does. So if you're doing reels on your feed, I don't know. I'm all about time. I start. I took. I started an online business because I wanted more time at home. So I'm not going to do anything that is going to create more time. I love the things that save me time. So I know if I do a reel, I might not have to post the next day. That's just me personally, because I know, um, I know that it's going to keep my account growing where I want to go. Now, if I'm going to, if I want explosive growth, I'm going through a launch. Like right now I'm launching my video course. If I'm going through that launch, then you betcha I'm going to be on there every single day, maybe twice a day. And I'm going to be doing a lot of reels. So it really depends on where you are in your business, the time you want to put in, but whatever you do, keep it consistent. I love it. I love it. So what about Reels? Like um, Reels is newer and I know, you know, Instagram is really pushing for it. Yes. I even seen like with the, uh, was it professional? Is it Instagram professional? I saw something up there and they're even doing like tutorial videos on how to do Reels now. I had never seen that before until recently I was looking at it on there. So can you give any tips for Reels? (laughs) I can give a hundred thousand tips for Reels. Um, Okay, so here's here's the thing why reels are so incredible. First of all, Instagram is promoting them. So anything that the the platform is promoting, you want to jump on board there. That means they are showing them to a lot of people. It also has its own explore page. So it's another way to get more exposure on your brand and who you are. They're also fast. They're between, they're either, um, they're under 30 seconds. So that is a great amount of time. Think about it like a commercial for your business. It forces you to be succinct. It forces you to really only say what is important and people binge watch these videos. So it's a great way for, to get more exposure on yourself, um, 
by posting these 30 second little videos. Now there are a lot, I think a lot of people, when they think of reels, they're thinking about the trend videos, the lip duds, the dancing and the pointing at bubbles. Those are great to start out with, but what you really want to do is you want to start using them to create your own audio, your own video. I love doing reels tutorials. I love doing a 30 second tutorial. It's really brought a lot of followers to my account because it gives people that insight of the value that I'm going to be giving them on, um, on my account. And so, uh, so you're packing a lot of value in a teeny tiny amount of time. So that is really, really valuable to your audience. And if they like your reels, they're going to like your account. So they're going to follow you and they're going to want more. And then they're going to be more likely to buy from you or book with you in the future. So, um, so that's like my overview of reels. I mean, we could do, we could book a whole interview, Brandy, where I would be talking about reels. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Well, thanks for sharing that. Like I, that was very insightful. So I appreciate you sharing about the reels because I know some people I talk, like a lot of my clients even are like a little bit confused about like really how to use them. And they, you know, like, what do I do exactly? So I think you gave some great tips for sure with reels. And then, so last but not least, let's yes. get to number eight. Mistake number eight. This is my favorite one. Mistake number eight. It's all about you. Okay. Here's what I mean by this. It's not all about you and that you don't love. I I know that beauty professionals, we love to help women feel beautiful. It's about them. It's about the experience that we give them. What I mean is the verbiage in your posts are about you. And um, so think attraction marketing. Think Look at me marketing. These are the posts that say, I love that I'm my own business owner and I can go on vacation whenever I want. See how that's all about me, me, me? Or my schedule has just opened up. I'm booking out the next two weeks. Get on my schedule. That's all about me. It's all about you get on my schedule. Or things like, I love this new lipstick shade. Look how gorgeous this new lipstick shade is. I love it because of blah, 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 blah. My lips feel moisturized. It's all about you. Instead, what we need to start doing, especially as business accounts, is we need to switch our verbiage to be second person focused. So instead of saying something like, I love this new lipstick shade, it's very moisturizing for my lips, it makes me feel gorgeous and beautiful, instead, you could say something like, here's how to find your perfect lipstick shade. You see how you're talking directly to your audience? Instead of saying something like, I'm booking out the next two weeks, get on my calendar. Instead, you could say, are you you sick of trying to figure out what you should be doing with your hair? Are you sick of trying to figure out the right skincare for your needs? DM me and let's get you scheduled for your personalized appointment with me or whatever, something like that. But see how it's about them? You're talking to your audience. You're making it about them. It's arrows out versus arrows in. And it's just switching up the way that you are wording things. I love it. That's good, Brittany. I love it. Great tips. Well, it is clear to me that you are an expert in Instagram, social media. I passed the test. I passed the test. Yes, it is clear (laughs) to me. And you share some great gems and everything. So I know, what are you working on? What are you excited about? Like, tell us like how we can work with you and everything. Well, one of the best ways to work with me is to follow me on Instagram. Um, so you can follow me at Brittany.ash, B-R-I-T-T-N-E dot A-S-H. Um, so that's a great way to get more of my Instagram tips. 
And then I'm actually launching on Tuesday. Um, I have my Instagram for beauty consultants program uh, that launched in January that consists of eight courses. And I'm launching the final course on um, on uh, this coming Tuesday that is a video course where I'm going to teach you how to do reels, IGTV, IG live, how to do videos in your stories. And it's all about leveling up your um, Instagram strategy using videos. Also, I think that's phenomenal. So definitely I will have the, all the links to, to your courses and classes, your Instagram and the show notes for sure. So I want to ask you like a couple more questions before we wrap up. So sure. tell us, Brittany, how do you define success? I define success by using all of your God-given abilities, talents, and resources, life experiences, personality, everything that God gave you and using it to glorify him and to give back to others. Wow. I love that. I love that. What's either your favorite book or book you're currently reading right now? All right. I'll just give a few. Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod is incredible. That was one of the best uh, personal development books uh, that I have read. Um, oh my God, I'm like drawing a blank here, Brandy on the books that I've read recently. Um, so yeah, I would say that one is probably the most recent. Uh, the one thing is an excellent book, um, that I've read that is, uh, a great, uh, personal professional development book. Um, and I also love, uh, Mary Kay's autobiography miracles happen. Um, she's incredible inspiration to me as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. And I learned so much from her. And, um, so, so those would be my top three books that I would recommend to people. Okay, great. No problem. Thanks for sharing those. I'm uh, familiar with all three of those. So that is some great books that you share for sure. So what's in addition to Instagram, what's your favorite tool that you use to operate in business? Hands down Trello, my Trello boards. I use my Trello boards for everything, everything in my personal life, everything in my business life. Uh, It's great for project management, for my to-do list. Um, I also use it for lead tracking, um, all of that stuff. So yes, hands down my Trello boards. You're like the fifth person. I have to get into this Trello thing. Oh my gosh. Yes, you have to do Trello. It's the best. You're like the fifth person that said it in like the last month. So I I think I have to get on that. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Brittany, it has been phenomenal having you on the podcast. You did leave your information, um, share your website and everything and how they can reach you one more quick time. Okay. My website is um, www.brittanyash.com. And that's Brittany without a Y. So B-R-I-T-T-N-E-A-S-H.com. Um, and then, of course, you can follow me on Instagram, too. So. Awesome. Brittany Ash, I'm going to leave all of the information in the show notes. One quick last thing, Brittany, tell us either your favorite quote or mantra that you live by. And everything you do, do it to the glory of God. 
I love it. I love it. Brittany Ash, everybody. This has been an awesome conversation, Brittany. I really, really enjoyed all the awesome gems that you shared. Make sure you follow her. And as always, stay great. And we are out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.